0: Fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you on Thursday morning. As usual, one week. One week away from the NFL draft. I can't believe that the next time I'll be I'll be saying those same lines of welcome to the Steeler Stat Geek, that it will be day one of the draft. Uh, really excited. I like I said, talking to my brother on the Scoborough show, I I I and I've said it many times about getting excited over prospects. I don't get excited over prospects. I get excited over Steelers. So I just want to know who the Steelers are. Um really excited about that. Can't wait for that to to come around. So It is what it is. So guess what we're going to be doing today? We're going to be looking at something with the draft. I already had a question that I've been keeping in my back pocket as I try to compile some different things with it uh, that we'll be addressing today. And that is looking at the quote-unquote best draft class um, for the Steelers under Kevin Colbert, since this is supposedly his last draft. I have to say supposedly because... you, you know, something crazy could happen. You, you never know um, how things come back around. So that's why I say supposedly, reportedly, all those good things. So before we get going, I also want to remind you to make sure you're checking out all the podcasts here at Behind the Steel Curtain. We have a great lineup for everyone. Make sure you're checking out, especially those podcasts, if you're tuning in, looking for the information for the contest. I'm going to give you the information of that contest sometime here during the show. I haven't decided when yet, but it's not going to be right now. I will just set up the contest a little bit to remind you that there are six podcasts that you need to listen to in order to enter our contest. Well, what contest are you talking about, Dave? If this is the first of any of the shows that you're listening to, I got to explain it. We have two tickets to the Steelers draft party at Heinz Field on Saturday, April 30th. It is the draft party. It takes place during the Saturday of the draft uh, the, the draft party actually is supposed to start at 12, but these are two season ticket holder tickets that actually allow you to get it at 11 o'clock. Um, or at least that's what they say on my tickets. They're my tickets that we're giving away. Um, I, I have to cover the draft. So that's why I'm unable to attend, but my brother, he is going with his tickets. So One of the stipulations is when you're there, you need to catch up to Big Brosco, get a picture with him, meet him, say, hey, all that good stuff. We'll help set that up with the winner. But the other stipulation is if you're going to enter the contest, please, please, please do it to use the tickets. Now, do you have to personally use the tickets? That's something that happened before. I remember when getting bet with Bo, won the tickets and gave them to his parents um, was, was how that went down. Um, if, as long as you have somebody that you're lined up to already know that they will go, if you win the tickets, uh, that is fine. But the last thing we want to do is go to do a giveaway, give away the tickets and then no one uses them. That doesn't, that doesn't help. That doesn't help at all because that's just not what is what we need. So that's setting up the contest. Uh, so if you haven't been paying attention, there are six different podcast you need to listen to in order to get the clue. The clue is a jersey number. You have to figure out the jersey number and you're going to write them all down. You're not going to send in one answer at a time. You're going to send all of them at the end. If you send them one at a time, it's not going to work. So you got to write them down, keep them, get all of them ready that you're going to send to Jeff Hartman at BNG Blitz at why did I lose what it's at? Gmail.com. B-N-G-B-L-I-T-Z at gmail.com. So that's what you're going to do. You've already had one from Wednesday's Let's Ride. You've already had one from Wednesday's War Room. You are now getting one on Thursday's Stat Geek. There will be another clue later today on Thursday's What Yin's Talking About. There will be a fifth clue on Friday morning's Let's Ride. And the final clue, final, final clue will come to you on Friday at noontime when the podcast is released for Brian Anthony Davis and Kevin Smith at with the Here We Go, The Steeler Show. That's the sixth one. When you get all those jersey numbers compiled, send that to Jeff. First one that gets it with all six numbers correct will win the ticket. So I set it up, but I'm not giving you the, the clue yet. I'll remind you of some of this stuff when the time comes comes. So let's dive into this question because there's several different things we're going to have to break down with it. Uh, This comes from Rodney Burns from Halifax, Nova Scotia. There we go. Another, another Canuck, uh, but on the opposite side of the country, we got an East coast Canuck uh, this time. Um, And he said to me, he says, I noticed you were reviewing past drafts and it gave me an idea for a stat geek question with Kevin Colbert's last draft coming up. My question is, what has been the most successful draft since becoming GM of the Steelers? There are several ways to determine what would be considered his best, but I would like it to be based on games played as the Steelers after being drafted by the Steelers. This would rule out recent drafts, but they will be judged in the years to come. If you think there's a better way to decide his best draft, feel free to do it. Keep up the great work. Rod Burns, Halifax, Nova Scotia. So that was the message that I got. That was the question to be answered. Now, there was something in there that I thought I wanted to just clarify a little bit. And he said, ever since Kevin Colbert became the GM of the Steelers. Now, you could go technical on this one, because you want to know when Kevin Colbert became the general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Technically, it was in 2010 was when he was called the general manager from 2000 to 2010, he was called the director of football operations. So you're probably saying, okay, so, so who was the GM? Now it was Kevin Colbert. It was all in the title. It was all in the title. If you go and you do a search for Steelers general managers, or, or even you could just say Steelers executives, they have them on pro football reference from the beginning. There are a few years in there where they don't have them, uh, 43 and 44, because that was the, you know, the, the Steagles and card pit and, and there, those are years that they don't have them, but you can go through and look at who was really the Steelers quote unquote GM every season. And Kevin Colbert is the eighth name on the list since 1936. Because the way it's listed out at Pro Football Reference is it starts off with Art Rooney from from 1936 to 1942 as the founder slash principal owner slash general manager. All right. Then you had the, the wartime seasons. Then you had from 1945 to 1950, general manager John Hollihan. Then from 1951 to 1968, yeah, that's a good 18 years there, you had Francis Fogarty. So that's all the way up into the Super Bowl era. So that, he was, that was the general manager. So then after that is when it gets interesting. Because what started in 1969 with uh, what I'd still say is the most important draft pick the Steelers ever made that changed everything with Mean Joe Green, who was the general manager? That was Dan Rooney. For two seasons, Dan Rooney is listed as the general manager. Now, after that, in 19, so so he was in 69 and 70. After that, in 1971, it was it's listed as Art Rooney Jr. from 71 to 86. So the question is so what was Dan Rooney all the rest of the time? He was general manager in 69, 70. Then he became the chairman. That was his that was his title. So when he was chairman all the way up through 2016. That is that is, is the title that followed him, so that's just very interesting to know. After Art Rooney in 1986, sorry, Art Rooney Jr. in 1986. That was back when he was junior. Um, so there we go. Um, he's that's that's just where Art Rooney Jr. was left off. There, uh, 1987. Sorry, 1987 was when we had. Um, Steel, Steelers Nation had the first non-Rooney quote-unquote general manager um, since the merger. And that was, as most fans might know, uh, that the Steelers had Dick Haley, uh, Todd Haley's dad. He was the director of player personnel known as the de facto gen- general manager. From 1987 to 1990, Then from 1991 to 1999, the general manager slash director of football operations was Tom Donahoe. Then Kevin Colbert, started in 2000, uh, where he was director of football operations, he was general manager, then he was VP and general manager, all those things. So I just wanted to clarify that in case you're ever wondering, oh, well, well Colbert wasn't the GM until 2010. He, was the G- he just had a different title. He did the, you know, it was a more prestigious title, maybe more to do, but he was the acting general manager since 2000. So let's go back and look at some of those drafts. Now, I kind of already did this partially because there's a bunch of different ways to look at it. You could look at games played in a career. You could look at games started in a career. You could try to break that down into specifically with the Steelers or not. That's difficult to do. You have to go in player by player to actually filter that out. And that's, that's pretty difficult to do. I'll do it a little bit, but we'll look at some of those things. Re- realize that some of these players also played other places. You could also look at honors, such as Pro Bowl such as All Pro, such as Hall of Fame, things like that, that that could also factor in. So we're going to look at this in several different categories. There's also another category that we're not going to spend a lot of time on because I already did it a few weeks ago, but I am going to refresh it. And that's just going to give basically the argument that 2021 has a good chance of being one of, if not the best draft class under Kevin Colbert. So I don't know that I'm actually going to answer this question today, because it really depends on how you look at it. But we're going to bring out all the information, because really, you can look at it numerically, but it's going to be difficult to actually say, oh, it's definitely this one, it's definitely that one, it's definitely this one, because it's going to be different based on other things. I'm going to present you all, the listener, with the information, and I'm going to let you Make the determination of what you feel is the greatest draft class under Kevin Colbert. But let's just go back to give you the quick reminder of what happened with the with each year's rookie class during their rookie season of drafted players. Remember, these are only drafted players. And remember that the Steelers... They had for the first time. You know, I went back through through uh, through the Mike Tomlin era. I could have, you know, dipped into this a little bit more, but it really didn't matter. They blew everybody out out of the water with how much these rookies played in their rookie season. They played in 115 games. They started 62 games. And I know you could say, but they all had an extra game to start. Well, there was only eight of them. And if they all started that last game and you take the eight off, that's still 54, which is way above what everyone else is doing. But not all of them would have started that game because somebody like Presley Harvin didn't start any games because he's a punter. Played in 15 games, but didn't start any of them. So they had a ton of starts, a ton of games played. If you look, just, this is just recapping what I did under the Tomlin era because that's how far back I could go there. When when the Steelers had their rookies play 115 games, the next closest season was 2019 where they played 75 games and 2010 when they played 73 games. That was it. Also, they had more rookies playing in games uh, their rookie years because the Steelers had eight players appear in a game um, that were drafted last year. The only one who didn't, Quincy Roche, who uh, that still digs in that they didn't keep him. But then when you look at the number of games started by the rookies with 62, the next closest one was 2013 that had 35, where five players started a total of 35 games, where this past year it was six, 62 games started by six players. 10.3 starts per player that, that started something. Because remember, Pat Freremuth, only started, I think, eight games. You know what's crazy? He's not considered the starting tight end for the Steelers in 2021. He's not. Because, you know, technically another tight end got more, more starts. And it wasn't Eric Ebron. It was Zach Gentry was credited with 12 starts in 2021. And if you break it down, he's considered the starting tight end last year, according to Pro Football Reference. Crazy. I just thought you thought you might want to know that a little bit. So um, a lot of, um, you know, when I said 35, the next closest one of starts by, by rookies in their first year was a 2016 with 32. Um, you had 30 in 2018, you had 29 in 2019. I mean, but then you have years like seven in 2015, five in 2007, one start by a rookie in 2008. One start by a rookie in 2008. So remember that. So you're looking at more recent years. You're like, oh, we're not going to look at those years with other things. That's right. But we are going to look at those years when it comes, when it came to a stat like that. So that's why I'm going to say you, there's no way to even be able to begin to answer it for drafts probably within the last five years. But just based on the rookie season alone, which is something you can compare 2021 has a lot of possibility to, to be one of those wow drafts for the Steelers, depending on how it plays out. And a lot of that, you know, with these players is going to be how it goes in their next year. You know, lots of, lots of starts last year from Kendrick Green. Is Kendrick Green going to be a player that gets any starts this year? Is he going to step up and do that or have the Steelers upgraded there? Dan Moore Jr. Is another one, you know, Najee Harris is Najee Harris. Can he stay healthy? Uh, Cause that's tough for NFL running backs to do. It really is. Um, there's going to be time missed throughout a rookie contract. I don't know of any, looking back, I don't know of any rookie running backs in recent years that have made it the whole way through their their contract without their rookie deal, without missing games, just because it's the nature of the position. Pat, Pat Fremuth is still on the rise. So you've got a lot from 2021, a lot of hope, but a lot to still be proven. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break so we can come back and really dive into this question. So stick around with you right there. Phone- Welcome back, Pittsburgh Steel fans. Here we go. We are diving into this subject even more. We are trying to determine the best draft class under general manager Kevin Colbert. We're going back from 2000 on. We're going to look at various different things. We already just talked about it, recapped how how it was for rookie for, for like one season in the rookie year and how 2021 was off the charts. So it has a potential to be one of those big drafts. 2020 was the first draft where every single player, the Steelers drafted appeared for the Steelers, not just as rookies at all. They've never had another draft that every player actually played in the game for the Steelers that happened in 2020. So let's get into it. But before we do, I set up the contest in the first half. I told you everything about it to make sure that you're getting your answers from all the other podcasts, from Let's Ride on Wednesday, The War Room, My Stat Geek, what Yin's talking about, Let's Ride on Friday, and the Here We Go, The Steeler Show. Make sure you're getting all that information. You're going to email it to to Jeff Hartman at bngblitz at gmail.com with... All of these jersey numbers, it's all going to be a jersey number for Stat Geek. Of course, I'm not giving you the other ones. You got to go back and listen. If you miss Let's Ride, you miss War Room, go back and find it. Go in and listen. Stat Geeks, this is my question. You need the jersey number of the Steelers starting free safety in 1987. So go back to the year 1987 for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who was the starting free safety and what was their jersey number? That's the question here on StatGeek. Make sure you get that down. Make sure you have that entered as your third number in the progression because you want to put these in order. So this is number three, 1987 starting free safety jersey number. All right, there it is. Let's go on with looking at these draft classes. So here we go. Who? So we already know that 2021, we can look at what's going on. There's another metric that I'm going to be looking at, which is on um, Pro Football Reference. Love that site. Love how you can sort things. Gives you a lot of great information. Something that they do is they have this, uh, what they call AV, which is the approximate value. They they assign, they assign a numerical value uh, to someone's season to kind of give it a number of how how good it was, and you can compare it across different things. They also have what they have, where I'm looking at now, is weighted career approximate value because what they do is they they don't count every season the same. Like you get 100% for the best season, you get 95% for the next best, you get 90% for the third best, to come together to give a, a number um, to really weight that out. To let you know about last year's draft class, the only, there's one player in double digits, and that's Najee Harris. He has a 10. He has a 10 weighted AV. That number can only go up. That number can only go up. It, well, because I don't think you can get a negative um, the way it works. Um, and the only one that had a zero this past year was Buddy Johnson, just because he didn't play enough. Um, even Quincy Roche, not with the Steelers, had a two, um, just so you know, um... Pat Freyrmouth had a four, Kendra Green had a five, Dan Moore Jr. had a seven, things of that nature. So just to let you know that when I when I if I use that that A V, that's what I'm talking about. But if you want to go back and start looking at, let, let's first look at accomplishments. Let's look at um all pro, you know, first team all pro and pro bowls for for each draft. You know, there's none in 2021, there's none in 2020. There is one Pro Bowl from the draft class of 2019. That's Deontay Johnson this past year. Um, There is no Pro Bowls from 2018. Then you go back to 2017, and that's where you get some. You've got two from T.J. Watt, one from Juju Smith-Schuster, and technically two from James Conner. One was as a Steeler, one was this past season. So there you've got, even if you just count only the one um, as a Steeler, there you got six Pro Bowls um, within one draft class. So that one's looking pretty good when you look there. Oh, oh, and sorry, T.J. Watt also has three first-team All-Pros, um, and we're not even counting his Defensive Player of the Year. He kind of you know skews the stats there. But then if you go to 2016, one Pro Bowl, that was Javon Hargrave this past year, not even with the Steelers so that one didn't have any Pro Bowls. Okay, 2015, no Pro Bowls. 2014, Ryan Chazier had two Pro Bowls before his, well, not even, I could say before his tragic injury because the second Pro Bowl was the season he did get injured um, because that was, the injury happened late in the season. He was still uh, selected to the Pro Bowl. That's it for 2014. 2013, the Steelers have one player with one player with pro bowls and that was Le'Veon Bell had three and he was twice um all pro all that was with the Steelers so um I'm um 99 sure <laughs> um so that's all you had there so so far the only draft that's had multiple Pro Bowlers is 2017. So let's let's keep looking. So after after she's here then you get into 2012, you get David DeCastro with six Pro Bowls, two two first-team All-Pros. That was it from that draft. Then the year before that, 2011, Cam Hayward, five Pro Bowls, three first-team All-Pros, only player from that draft. Then you go further back. Now you're getting into where there's more than one. You've got, in 2010, you had, when it comes to Pro Bowls, you've got nine from Pouncey, two from Emmanuel Sanders, but not with the Steelers but just putting it out there that he did get them. And then you have seven from Antonio Brown. You also have um, two first-team all pros for for Pouncey and four for for Antonio Brown. So that was a draft that had multiple Pro Bowls, although Emmanuel Sanders' Pro Bowls weren't weren't with the Steelers. Going back to 2009, uh, one, one Pro Bowl of anyone there, and that was Mike Wallace. 2008, no Pro Bowls for many of those players. 2007, you had one Pro Bowl for Lawrence Timmons, one Pro Bowl for Lamar Woodley. 2006, no Pro Bowls. 2005, one player made two Pro Bowls, that was Heath Miller. 2004, you only had one player make the Pro Bowl, that was Ben Roethlisberger with six, but he was never an All-Pro, so no All-Pros there either. Then you go to to 2003, you only had one player make the Pro Bowl, but that was Troy Palomalu eight times, four times, first-team All-Pro, and of course, the Hall of Fame. To me, if you're looking at, oh, Hall of Fame, Troy Palomalu is the only Hall of Fame player drafted under Kevin Colbert as of now. Ben Roethlisberger will be along eventually. then you get players such as Marquise Pouncey, maybe, um, Cam Hayward, maybe. I just don't know. There's, you know. Cam Hayward's still writing his story. Pouncey, it's, it's pretty tough for the center. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I might have my black and gold goggles on, so I can't say too much. And then, of course, you got T.J. Watt, but he's still early in his career. He is definitely on track uh, to end up in Canton um, as, as we speak about it. Now, then you go on back. We're almost there. To 2002, two players made the Pro Bowl. At all. Chris Hope made it as a defensive back, but not when he was with the Steelers. It's when he was with Tennessee. And Brett Keisel, as a seventh-round draft pick, had a Pro Bowl. That was it for 2002. 2001, you had Casey Hampton with five Pro Bowls, Kendrell Bell with one. And last but not least, 2000, you had one Pro Bowl, and that was Marvell Smith. Because some people don't realize that Plaxico Burris, Antonio Holmes, neither one of them ever made a Pro Bowl in their career, even beyond Pittsburgh. So that's important to know. Um, so, so there you go. That's how it comes down with the accolades. Honestly, there's only a couple, uh, there's only a couple drafts that really stand out when it comes to those accolades. If it's more than one person, if you're looking at more than one person, then you're definitely looking at, at the infamous, um, I'm trying to find it here 2010 but then do you really count Emmanuel Sanders in there if not you've got lots of pro bowls between Pouncey and 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 AB and lots of first team all pros you know the only one that had 3 that did them all with the Steelers is 2017 with TJ Watt, JuJu Smith-Schuster and James Conner That's it. So that's one way to look at it. Now I've got another way I'd like to look at it. Um, rather than games played, how about seasons as a starter seasons as a, where the player started in the NFL. Now I'm not going to break these down into whether they were at the Steelers or not, just because that is, takes a lot of time to do. Um, So, you know, 2021, three players were considered the starter for the season. Pat Faramuth was, was not one of them. It was, it was Najee Harris, Kendrick Green, Dan Moore. Um, in 2020, you've only got two players that were ever considered a starter for the season. Chase Claypool and Alex Highsmith each have one. When you go back to 2019, uh, Deontay Johnson was a starter for three seasons. Devin Bush is only credited with starting one season. And Zach Gentry, as I said, was credited with one season. um, these, I'm just giving you some of these lower numbers from some of these um, more recent drafts because they can only go so high. Like Ter- Terrell Edmonds started off four years. James Washington actually has two years credited to him. R- Mason Rudolph won. Chuk for four, two years as a starter. So there you got four players that, that log time as a starter for the Steelers. In 2017, you once again got four players that, that's been starters. T.J. Watt, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cam Sutton with one, and James Connor you know, he has three, but not all of them were with Pittsburgh. Um, 2016, um, Javon Hargrave has a lot of seasons as a starter, all six seasons, but not, not at all. That was with Pittsburgh. Sean Davis with three and Artie Burns with one. Um, that one's not really in the running 2015, Bud Dupree, four years as a starter, Jesse James, four years as a starter, not all with Pittsburgh. And believe it or not, Anthony Ciccolo was credited with the year as a, with one year as a starter. Um because he started the most most games with other people twenty fourteen um i now i'm starting now that we're getting back farther I'm starting to look for ones that are five or more. Ryan Chazier was three years. We know what happened there. Stefan Tuitt was six then there was a couple other guys that had one year as a starter in the nFL uh Le'Veon Bell in twenty thirteen was five, and so was Vince Williams with five other than that, a couple guys with one and two. Uh, David DeCastro was considered the starter for eight seasons with the Steelers. Kelvin Beecham has eight years as a starter in the NFL. Now, not all those were with the Steelers. I think two of them were starters with the Steelers, and then he's then he moved on. I still can't get over that as a, as a pick at 248. Um, 2011, Cam Hayward, nine seasons. Marcus Gilbert, five seasons. They're the only ones that had seasons as a starter, but they had significant seasons. 2010, Marquise Pouncy with nine, Emmanuel Sanders has nine across the NFL, Jason Worlds had two, Antonio Brown had two, um, that's, believe it or not, Jonathan Dwyer had one um, from that draft class. T- 2009, Ziggy Hood, five years, not all with Pittsburgh. Mike Wallace, eight years, not all with Pittsburgh. Craig Urbic, four years, none with Pittsburgh. Um, A.Q. Shipley, four years as a starter, none with Pittsburgh. Uh, Keenan Lewis, three years, not all with Pittsburgh. So, and so those were just some interesting numbers. 2008, Ryan Mundy was a starter for one season and Rashad Mendenhall for four. That was it. So, some of these drafts you can just kind of cross out. Um, now that we're back to 2007, I'm really trying to look for higher numbers. There you have Timmons with nine, Woodley with seven, and William Gay with seven, and Matt Spath with six. That's a pretty solid draft right there with 2007 when it comes to getting starting quality. They just didn't have the accolades of the Pro Bowls and All-Pros. Um, 2006, Santonio Holmes, six seasons, not all of Pittsburgh. Anthony Smith won. That was it. Because think about it. For every year that you have, you know, a Heath Miller or a Troy Palomalu or Ben Roethlisberger, 2006 had four players who never played a game in the NFL. Omar Jacobs, Charles Davis, Marvin Phillip, and Cedric Humes. None of them ever played a game in the NFL. I mean, <laughs> so the, the Steelers had nine picks that year. Four of them never played a game in the NFL. Um, looking to 2005, you had Heath Miller with 11 seasons as a starter after that. McFadden had three. Chris Kiuma, K- K- Kimu Atu had three. And Trey Essex had one. That was it. Ben Roethlisberger, 17 seasons as a starter because he didn't get 2019 uh, being injured. And Max Starks with six seasons. Only two guys from that draft. Those were two good guys. But the Steelers also had three players who never played a game in the NFL. Um, and one guy, and one that only played one ever. And one that only played eight. So And so the only players that played anything from that 2004 draft were Ben Roethlisberger, Ricardo Coakley and Max Starks. Ricardo Coakley didn't really even plan out. I mean, he didn't even, the only, yeah, he only played in 43 games, but the other two were pretty good. Now, when you look at seasons as a starter, how about Troy Palomalu with 10 and Ike Taylor with nine in 2003, Steelers only had five picks and they did pretty well with two of them. Um, Unfortunately, Brian St. Pierre didn't pan out. JT Wald never even played a game in the NFL. And Alonzo Jackson, nope, not even, you know, 18 games. That was it. So they had two good, good picks out of five, but only having two good players in a year for the draft doesn't always seem great. Um, uh, 2002 Kendall Simmons, five and Randall. Well, four seasons, Chris Hope, seven seasons, not all of Pittsburgh, Larry foot, eight seasons, Brett Kiesel, eight seasons. You got to kind of look at that draft and have to really think about that one as being one of the better ones. You Some people didn't like Kendall Sim, Simmons and, uh, draft in the first round 2002, but I mean, he played 84 games, started for five seasons. You got Antoine Randall. Well, Chris Hope. Larry Foote, Veron Haynes, Lee Mays, Levar, LeVar Glover, and Brett Kiesel in the seventh round. Um, a lot of these guys played a lot of games, except for Glover only played two. Lee Mays played 49, you know, didn't do that great. Every single one of these guys, Varon Haynes had a, had a weighted AV score of nine. Everybody else on this list was at 35 or higher. So that's a pretty solid draft from 2002. When you look at across the board, when you going back to game started, Casey Hampton eleven seasons started. Yeah, not game started, season started. Kendra Bell um, had five seasons as a starter. That was it from that draft class. And 2000, you had Plaxico Burris with ten seasons as a starter. Marvell Smith with seven. That Clark Hagans was seven. Um, that, um, Clark Then you had um, Kendrick uh, Clancy with three and Hank Poteet with one. So if you really look at each one of these drafts, some of these to to really get a lot of players, like I said, that 2002 draft did give you an awful lot of depth based on what you were doing. 2017 also did the same. So these are some of those drafts that appear to be some of the best by Kevin Colbert. I don't know. I, when you look at games played, I mentioned a few of them as we went. I don't know that games played is always the best. Games started is really difficult as well. So that's why I was looking at that at that um, uh, weighted AV score. Like um, if you could look at a draft and have multiple players in double digits, that's a good draft, meaning the players turned out well, whether they were in Pittsburgh or not. Like right now the Steelers have one in double digits in 2021. Two in double digits from 2020 and Chase Claypool and Alex Highsmith. Two from 2019 um, and Bush and Johnson. Um, then you look at 2018. You had three in Terrell Evans, James Washington, and Chooks. But, I mean, I mean, James Washington's at an 11. You look at 2017. Cameron Sutton's the, the lowest of the top four in 11. But you got James Conner. Juju Smith-Schuster, T.J. Watt, all with higher scores. As you go back, you expect higher scores. 2016 only had three in in double digits. 2015 only had three in double digits. Um, 2014 had four because uh, Wesley Johnson was up there as well. So he he at least contributed in some way. Um, 2013 had five. Between Jarvis Jones, Le'Veon Bell, Marcus Wheaton, Vince Williams, and Nick Williams, who his playing time didn't come with Pittsburgh, where he really, but I mean, he's still playing well um, in, in Detroit. So there you had some players that had some decent NFL careers out of that. Um, 2012, saw one, two, three, four between Beecham and DeCastro were way up there. Mike Adams and Sean Spence barely made the cuts. Tw- 2010, you had Cam Hayward, Marcus Gilbert up there. Cortez Allen barely made the cut. So that's not the strongest 2010. You've got, you've got Pouncey and Brown up there. You've got Sanders up there. Worlds. He was pretty decent, but just didn't play very long. Um, 2009, you had five players in double digits and all of them there substantially. Uh, but you had players like AQ Shipley and Craig Erbick that were two of them that didn't play significant time or any time with the Steelers. Um, 2008, it was just Mendenhall and Mundy. two thousand seven. You had four, but Ryan McBean was barely. But it was just it was Willie Gay, Lamar Woodbury, Lamar Woodbury, and Lawrence Timmons that were the most. Uh, two thousand six, and Holmes had double digits. Anthony Smith barely hit it, and Willie and not and Willie Colon, um had a had a had a decent score. That two thousand five draft, they had four. And Heath, Miller, McFadden, Essex, and Kimuatu. They were all pretty good. Ben Roethlisberger, of course, is through the chart. He's got the highest um, weighted AV of anyone on here at 131. And you had Max starts with 44, and that was it. Um, Coakley had at two. I mean, they had two good players, but no one else did anything from that draft. Uh, 2003, you had great scores from Palomalo and Ike Taylor. No, nowhere else. Nothing else. That 2002 draft, that's where you're – you had – One, two, three, five. I already said five of them, and the lowest was 35 of those double-digit guys. So that one was pretty deep. Um, 2001, you had two. And in 2000, you ended up with five, but Hank Poteet barely made it. Kendrick Clancy barely made it. These weren't guys that were significant guys with the Steelers. So to me, I think if you really want to break it down, that 2002 draft, you really got some deep quality play. And you only had two combined pro bowls. And one of them was from the Steelers. So if you weren't looking for accolades and you were just looking for a good, a number of good quality players, 2002 was there. But if you really want to look for some of the players that got those accolades, 2017 is really up there as well. There's a lot of things you could break this down and really no one good way to do it, but I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to give you, give you a little bit of my suggestions, but I'm going to let you make the decision for yourself. I hope I didn't throw those numbers out at you too fast, but that's a really hard question. Personally, I would have to say 2021 has potential, but right now so far, especially when you looked at their rookie contracts, 2017 was something special. Unfortunately, some of those best players aren't with the Steelers anymore. But that's going to be the case with with a lot of these, with a lot of these once they get past their 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 rookie contracts. I mean, I mean, my goodness, the Steelers have nobody left from from 2016. Nobody left from 2015. Um Stefan Touits the only one left from 2014. 20 2013. Uh nobody left after Vince Williams was around the longest. Okay, 2012 nobody, cuz David DeCastro and Beecham's playing but not with the Steelers. And then came Hayward in 2011. And that's that that's it of playing with the Steelers. So it doesn't go back all that far. But this was a lot of fun looking at this. I'm really excited about the draft coming up. It just goes to show how much you need to get play out of your draft picks for the for the four or five years that you have them to start. And then also making sure you're getting those quality undrafted guys. So I want to thank you for tuning in. Make sure you you caught where I did the contest. Catch all of those podcasts. Make sure you check it out behind the still Your one-stop shop for all things, Pittsburgh Steelers. But uh, lots of fun. One week away. One week away. And then that And then that night we'll be talking about who the Steelers take, assuming that they stay put um, and stay in the first round. But uh, thanks for joining me. And As I always say, thanks for geeking out.